Okay, so I'm going to set an intention that um, anybody who listens to our podcast that they receive happy energy, wonderful energy. I want us to have happy energy as we go into this. And um, God, just wish us luck. All right. Hey, Mai. How's it going? It's going good. Are you ready for a conversation today? I'm totally ready. It has been a long day for me too. I know it's been a long day for you. I think I think now is a good time to talk about um, one of the things I've always wanted to tell you is that whenever I meet people and they're always asking me, are you Hawaiian? Were you, um, you know, have you ever been to Hawaii? Have you ever lived there? And I say, yes, I, I, I've lived there. It's as beautiful as you think it is. But one of the things that I would say is that a lot of people move there, not with the intention of living in paradise. When they actually get to Hawaii and they're living there, they're actually there for a different reason. And one of the reasons is to heal. And the magical thing about Hawaii is not always the scenery, the picturesque moments you can post up on social media. It's actually how you connect with the land. And now a lot of people who've lived there, they talk about the aina, which means land. They talk about the culture and everything. But when you live there, you take on a whole different meaning of what beauty and appreciation looks like. And that's one of the things that I find so beautiful about Hawaii is that when I was there, I moved there because I was like, I always want to live in Hawaii. I think it's amazing. I'm going to live there. There are things that come with that responsibility of putting that out into the universe and saying, I'm going to live there, but I'm going to, but eventually as you're living there, you develop this appreciation. I'm not just going to live there. I'm going to thrive there and I'm going to heal these parts of me that I couldn't get from another place. You know, you can live in these bright, shiny cities, but you'll never know what it's like to sit there and really, truly appreciate what many centuries of ancestors and people who have moved there. There are a lot of people who have migrated to Hawaii, brought their cultures, but they integrate. The people who truly live and appreciate integrate themselves into that culture and make it better. So that's like one of the things that I always found amazing about Hawaii. And what we should all pull a lesson from is that when you enter a new space, you're going to live there, you're going to add to it, and then you're going to thrive. And that's one of the things that I've always appreciated about it. And I've wanted to always tell you that story of how it makes me feel and made me feel when I talk about Hawaii, when I live there, and you were the one that really rooted that into me. And I've always felt so compelled to share that is that if you ever, if, if you've ever wanted to live in Hawaii, you're not just going there because you want to live in paradise. You are going there because something deep down in you is like, I need to heal. And one of those places that has that spirit that breath of life that they talk about, the ha, is literally in Hawaii, wherever you are. And and you yourself have to be proactive to be the one that integrates, accepts, and then builds and grows into a beautiful light. Because I can say when I was there, I built myself into a really great person that kept on growing. Like I built a little foundation. 
And so that's one of the stories and one of the things that has always resonated with me and I've kept throughout my lifetime is just knowing that your voice was back there and you were like, people don't move here for paradise and that image of Hawaii in the movies. They move here because they have a a sense, an innate sense of healing that they need to have accomplished to keep moving. And that's why a lot of people move away is because they're healed. They've learned a, a, a lesson or have a purpose and they move on. Now, can you return? Of course, but you will return with that knowledge that there is something else out there that's ab- above and beyond you, but you can add to that and make it beautiful. So I just wanted to share that with you and and really just say thank you for giving me that wisdom and knowledge and this more broadly open-minded view of what a culture looks like, a way of life, and really appreciate. Like right now I'm looking at a, a background picture of Kaneohe Bay and it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And if I ever need something, I can go back there and I know that I will be accepted with open arms because I know that I'm moving there and I will heal from whatever this, whatever perils may be happening, trials, tribulations. And, you know, speaking of that, I know that you have plenty of magical experiences that you've um, encountered in Hawaii. And I think that's uh, something else. It's a message from the islands and from ancestors and culture is that they send us messages. And so I think, you know, that's one of the things that I love hearing is your stories about these magical encounters. I have been very lucky to get to grow up in some place so beautiful. And I, I don't take that for granted, especially when I meet so many people like you who've come from other places around our country, around the world. One of the most magical experiences happened um, when I was an adult and I started uh, paddling after years of doing hula. They kind of came together for me in, um, on the ocean. Uh, I could feel that the movements of the the hula and the dance um my muscles kind of mimic them on the water when I was paddling out in the ocean and I would just really connect with the water there were times when I could tell when the wave was coming and I could feel it lifting before and I would almost talk to it like yeah that's that's amazing let's keep going and it would give us this nice nudge and a push um and you could just feel how excited the water would talk to you. And it would be like, yeah, we're having fun out here. Let's have some more fun. Um, but uh, especially with the ocean, I've also learned you have to watch. Um, you never turn your back on the ocean because it will smack you. <laughs> and a one wave will come and you'll you'll fall right Yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember a lot of different encounters and and events, let's call them near death experiences and things like that. But, you know, what I think is funny looking back is that in that moment, it was like, man, I just want to keep going or I want to keep doing these things. Who cares if I almost died? You know, like, but I've heard like other people go through these experiences too. They're they're like at Sandy's and they're, you know, boogie boarding for the first time and they get rough and tumbled. You know, and they're like, man, I could have broke my neck. 
but at least I would have been doing something I loved, you know? So I always think that's really funny when I hear people talk about like, Hey, it's one time I went and did this in Hawaii and I almost died. And I'm like, you know, that's almost like every single person like I've ever met. Like they've always had near death experiences in Hawaii. And I can't say that they, they were going there to heal because they're on vacation. They didn't really move there. I think they were just getting a good wake up call. Like you should respect the islands. Cause like Miley said, never turn your back to the ocean. I mean, how many of us have seen those videos These people get wiped out and they, and they don't expect it. And it's like, you can't take that cute little wave picture. Cause I'm hundred percent bet you're about to lose your top. And I have done that uh, in my lifetime. So I, you know, I can relate, I guess you can say. So I think it's really funny that you bring that up. It's like, um, you know, the, the unique experiences and we'll probably end up going really deep into that. But I just remember one time, and this is pretty funny. Like it's, it's on the topic of losing your top. Okay. Let's call it losing your top. Maya and I have, um, experienced paddling and and as, as many others have, you know, whoever moved there, you get recruited. If you are a walking, breathing individual who can move their arms in synchronization you're going to get recruited to paddle for outrigger. Yeah. Okay. And so we can go into that later. But the funniest thing is I'm sitting there with my new team and we have this coach. She is the epitome of every auntie that you would ever be afraid of who would not only hit you with a flip-flop or a slipper, <laughs> she would hit you with whatever the hell she's got. And it, and it hurts. Okay. Um, She's sitting in the middle of this boat, and I remember we're just off of Flat Island. Okay, for all the, for every visual, it's like you're on a wave, you're going, you're cruising, you're happy, you're moving, right? 400-pound canoe, you've got like six people in it, plus your coach. So you've got about 1,000 pounds with it, okay? I'm being generous. Anyway, so you got 1,000 pounds plus the canoe. You're moving at like maybe 30 miles an hour, uncontrolled. So good luck to your steersman. We start to turn towards rocks. I'm just going to call it rocks because I can't use really locations because nobody's probably going to know where we're going. But we start turning towards the rocks and my coach is like, flip it. She's screaming at us, flip the boat, flip the boat, you know. Now, all these girls are trying to keep the boat down. Don't flip it because the flipping or huli is the worst thing you can do. She says, flip the damn boat. And the next thing I know, I'm flying out of the boat. I don't even know where anything is, right? I'm in the water and I literally lose my mind for maybe two to three seconds. It feels like an eternity. I come up. Not only have I lost my paddle, my hat, my sunglasses, which are like goggles, okay? My top, which is like a t-shirt and my sports bra and I am completely topless because we have hit the water so hard and I'm like what why am I one where am I two where's my stuff and three why am I cold <laughs> I'll tell you what I have never gone under the water so quickly and I have heard so many people losing their bathing suits like they're like oh my gosh my boob was hanging out my junk was hanging out 
because I turned my back to the ocean. Well, I got thrown headfirst into the ocean without any warning, without any sort of, I don't even know, any kind of like, you know, survival instinct. I was just there and I came up for air naked. I look over, the boat is flipped. My um, friend is screaming inside the boat. I'm blind. So she's, she's screaming, I'm blind. And I literally am like, no, you're inside the boat. And I hear her go, oh. And she swims out and she's okay. I look over to see where everybody is. Because, you know, you're worried about your friends or whatever. My coach is literally pulling out of her bra or her swim top her lipstick that's waterlogged. She opens the top, pours it out, and starts putting on her lipsticks and goes, when I say flip the boat, I mean flip the boat. And I'm like, oh, my God, where's my top? So, I mean, you have these. <laughs> that was life changing. I'll never forget that because, one, who comes up after flipping like six women out of a boat and puts on lipstick in the middle of the ocean? I mean, if y'all if, if you could write a, a comedy sketch about paddling that is one of the most epic moments in my life and i never will ever forget that uh, those tiny well your rocks which is a tiny little island just what 100 yards not even 100 yards 50 yards from from land from the beach and i had one where i was wearing i have my swimsuit on <laughs> and then i have on top of that i have my my leggings, because these boats are made out of, it's usually fiberglass, and there's some kind of coating, but it still will, there sometimes are sharp edges, these boats are abused, people go in and out of them, and just to protect your own skin, you know, you kind of cover up, so I had uh, athletic leggings, and then I had on a athletic tight top with an additional, um, so not only my sports bra top, but then I had this uh, additional sports top that just kind of holds you all together so that you can be as aerodynamic through the water as possible. And we were paddling, also surfing those same waves around this little tiny uh, rocky, sharp rocks, <laughs> little island. And the surf, um, <laughs> we were on the wave. And then it just happened to be another wave that out pace the one we were on came right over us everybody got like we we got uh, pushed out of the boat by the water and <laughs> I remember most everybody was in the water I looked back I was in the boat by myself just holding on after this wave just almost washed me out too and my steersman is in the water saying keep going keep going but it didn't take long before the entire thing was just flooded with water and then it was sunk it was sunk <laughs> and the funniest part was we were trying to bail it and swim it to shore so that we could get the water out so that we could continue paddling and as we're swimming this boat that's semi-submerged underwater my pants kept falling down <laughs> to my knees <laughs> and I'm trying to swim push a boat I'm constantly being bombarded with waves and my pants are falling off <laughs> and I was like trying to <laughs> pull them up <laughs> while one-handed swimming and trying not to like I'm we've got people's 
paddles. Paddles are what, $150, $200. And we're trying to make sure everybody's got their paddles. So you're holding that and you're holding <laughs> this canoe and you're trying to get it to shore. Yep, things happen in the ocean. <laughs> you lose if you can imagine a cluster, that's what it feels like when you get either sunk, hoolied, or something like drastic happens where you end up being the only person in the canoe. And I can tell you what, for all of you who are standing on the beach watching this, it looks disastrous. Like everybody is waterlogged, miserable, yelling at each other, trying to bail out a boat. I mean, now I know how people felt on the Titanic a little bit because... <laughs> Granted, there's some scale differences, but when there is oncoming water in this small canoe where you're in the middle of the ocean with nothing, most people don't bring their phones, unlike me, you're you're on your own. You would have lost it. You're on your own, yeah. you know? And and it, it reminds me of, like, you know, these people who intentionally go out there in their little baby kayaks or even their own one-man canoes, and they want to face nature, Okay, I get it. You want to be in the record books. You want to paddle, stand up paddle across the ocean, you know, from the, you know, where did he go? He went from like Hawaii to LA. Okay, I get it. But guess what? There's a lot of things out there that are bigger than you. And it's called water. One of them is the biggest. The biggest thing is water. I mean, these waves are no joke. You know, and let's talk about some whales. Miley, let's talk about your whale story. Oh, the most beautiful. Okay, so it's it's worth it to get beat up by the ocean as much as you do when you have an experience of meeting nature in the most serene way. Um, it was sunrise, and my friends and I, we had uh, about three or four different canoes. These canoes, outrigger canoes, are about 40 feet long, so it's kind of easy to do the math, and we had gone past these little tiny offshore islands that are, uh, I think maybe a hundred yards or less from the beach. And we could see whales just past that. So we thought, okay, well, we'll go out that far and then we'll see them just a little bit closer. And all you see is them, they're little blowholes. And so you have these little fountains of water shooting up and you see their tails coming in and out. It's, it's like every photograph you've ever seen of a, of a whale. And it was, absolutely beautiful the water was actually really calm considering there were these big giant whales out there swimming and we get around these islands and then we all just kind of stop and we're just in awe looking at nature and these whales are now the ones that we're seeing with all the splashing they're like at least a safe distance I would say 50 yards half a football field length away and we're watching them, and we don't need to get any closer. And it wasn't, um, I don't know, I want to say five, ten minutes, and we were talking about how beautiful they were. And we were all in that really positive kind of zen, early morning kind of just gratitude space. She means, <clears throat> uh, she had... means without coffee. Yeah. Without coffee <laughs> is, is basically that Zen moment when you're you're fully Zen in the morning is basically like when your eyes are like slits and you don't want to wake up, but you're up because you have to be. We're up. It's it's your early morning workout. And if you can see something fabulous, it's it's wonderful. So my friends and I, we paddle for an hour and then we start our day. So nobody's had really any drama yet. So it's really pretty. And we're looking at this 
gorgeous, you know, scene of these whales. There's, I don't know how many were out there, but they were just, looks like they were just having a great old time. And then not just like half a boat length away, this building <laughs> erupted in front of us out of the water. Uh, this whale, <laughs> we didn't even see it coming. It was so stealthy. Um, and it just shot up like, I don't know how tall of a building. It was just huge. It was so huge. And it was so graceful. It came up in slow motion. Its eye, the one eye that we could see on the side of it, was just looking at all of us, just, I think, out of curiosity. And I swear it felt like this whale was smiling. It just came up. And it just kind of like hung in the air and stood nice and straight for a while until it started to lean <laughs> like the Tower of Pisa. And it had this very graceful motion and it still stayed up there for so long. And when it came down, it didn't do the dramatic backflip and splash. It just watched us and it just kind of... We were just all gasping and we all became quiet. And the moment felt like it was, it was an hour, but it was, it was probably just seconds, but, and then it came down and it came down in the slowest motion possible. Uh, it was, it was, if whales do ballet, it, <laughs> it was coming down so gentle, so slow, which I seemed impossible for something so massive and large. And when it went under the water and it was gone, it didn't even make a, a wave. It was being so cautious and so careful. Like it had such control over its body that I had no idea. Oh, that was, that was exciting. That was exciting. I'll never forget it. And how beautiful, how beautiful that whale was. And, um, I had one of the girls in my boat. Um, she happens to be, I think her background was marine biology, but she's also a talented artist illustrator. And she said, whales are very, um, like they can sense everything. They can sense everything. They can sense where it is. You know, they have spatial awareness in the water. And she said she's been out um, in California where she used to do stand-up paddleboarding. And she's had whales come up uh, around her. But they were always very careful not to really jostle the poor little human on their little boards. And she's, she said they normally wouldn't come anywhere near... Um, humans or cause them harm at least that type of whale which I am not an expert I believe it was a sperm whale <laughs> it was huge it was huge it was gorgeous or maybe it was a blue whale I don't know there's so many there's so many types of whales out there but I mean I probably would have lost it if I saw something like that shoot out in front of me and I'm so little it reminds you like how little you are compared to are. some other things that are out there. But it also reminds you what's in the ocean, too. I mean, yep. You know, every it, time you drink some no ocean food. water, how do you feel about <laughs> that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, if it was an orca, you know, the killer whales, they have a reputation. I would have I would have been scared. We would have started paddling. Yeah, I think you would have paddled away like quickly. Yeah. 
Well, I would say that that is definitely on the top 10 list of uh, my adventures that I was not a part of, but it does remind me of that couple or a couple of ladies who were out paddling recently and almost got swallowed whole. I mean, if you want to be Pinocchio, like by all <laughs> means, like go ahead. But I just, I just think it's funny how more and more we're starting to, uh, you know, pay for these experiences that can really hurt you and hurt the, um, you know, animal life. I mean, other, other living beings out there. And so, you know, I, I'm glad you didn't get swallowed up. Yeah. But I think, you know, which I didn't know before until I really looked into it. Those ladies, they were paddling around bait, like whale bait. And what I don't really whale know bait what... even look like. A small fish that they can eat because they can only eat small fish, right? At least whatever whales they were feeding. It seemed to be something like a popular experience because there was a lot of people there and a lot of people filming. So it makes it seem like I just think that those there's people paying for experiences, these nature encounters, and uh, it can very easily go dangerous when you have factors that can change in a moment's notice especially in the ocean especially in the ocean ocean changes so quickly it's just like the weather i mean you couldn't you you know one minute like we're standing there and the next minute there's this rainstorm and everybody jokes about the afternoon rainstorms in hawaii well guess what everything changes quickly and i mean that's just another gentle reminder but it also cools off the day so i can't complain i mean you know um i wish i had more animal encounters Um, like that that were very magical and everything but it reminds me of one more story that I think would really just put the like the cherry on top on this so all around the world you have beautiful beaches right beaches are I mean anywhere near a body of water is a beach right so you just make a make it make of it what you will and so when I was younger we traveled quite a bit internationally and I was in uh, China and my mom was like, we're going to the beach today. I love the beach. I've always been a, you know, a a lover of the ocean and and marine life and everything. So I'm thinking this beach is going to be amazing. We go, it's not that crowded. You know how you see some of those like water parks and things are overcrowded. It's not overcrowded. I'm like, all right. I can do this. So I get closer to the edge and I'm seeing a little bit of like, you know, some debris washed up on the shore. And I'm thinking, all right, I can like go in a little further, going a little further, seeing like one or two cans and bottles. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to, but I'm young, right? Nothing can hurt me. I don't have any open wounds, whatever. I'm invincible. I'm I'm a young, brilliant child. I keep going further and I get hit by a wave. All right. And I come up. Guess what's on top of my head? Oh, no. I don't a bra. <laughs> it's from that one time when you lost it. No, this was like someone's one. trash bra. Okay. <laughs> Not only am I a young child at this point, but I'm a scarred young child. <laughs> Who has lost their love of the ocean in that brief moment? I like, there was something about the subtle clues of the ocean. All right, you got a little debris. Okay, you see a ball or two. 
turn my back on the ocean and then I end up with a dirty bra on my head. No more. Ew. No more Ew. oceans in China. I can say that they have cleaned them up, but I will never forget that. And it reminds me again, we got to be careful how much waste we make. There's not enough. We're not doing enough to do that. And, and we can't have these beautiful moments like the ones my shared or that I've shared about getting knocked knocked to pieces, you know, by the ocean. But I'm sure there's plenty of other experiences out there that are amazing, but we're not going to have that anymore if we continue to pollute. But I just thought it was really funny because now looking back, I was mortified. I was, I was scarred and I still am. I can imagine because the water was blue, right? That's deceiving. You think dirty water is not going to be blue and clear. No, this was clear with bras in it. You know, like <laughs> there was some serious stuff going on anyway. So I just, I just wanted to put that out there into the world that, you know, love the ocean, love life, live life, but try not Let's to throw your, it. try not to throw your bras in the ocean. All right. What about socks? I think I saw oh. a video, um, you know, people were off near Rabbit Island, you know, kind of that corner, that pier. They found like 20 to 30 socks and like 20 hair ties. Wow. Listen, all you guys out there in Hawaii, stop wearing your socks in the ocean, man. <laughs> We're going to find them. People find them. Yeah. Clothes in the ocean don't work. Nope. No. You know, but. I'm trying to think if I found anything cool in the ocean. I found rings. I can't. And earrings. Oh, yeah. Um, over by Makapu Point, uh -huh. there's like a little kind of inlet where everybody swims. A lot of turtles come. People always lose jewelry. I think on the North Shore, like, you know, when it's low tide, people find engagement rings, wedding rings. I don't know how many people have lost their wedding rings. Like, don't wear your jewelry in the ocean, dude. You're going to lose it. Especially a wedding ring, because guess what? The salt water makes everything shrink. And I'm not talking about everything. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Don't know. But <laughs> I'm saying, like, you know, you're going to lose a few things there. So Mai is continuing to say, never turn your back on the ocean. If you're going to learn anything today, it's like, make sure, you're, yeah. make sure your bathing suit's on tight and pants are on or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything's yeah, tight but I everything's think, um, tight I think that's, uh. that's pretty that, that'll make your day I'm sure is like imagining this small child coming up living the dream being in the ocean and then you got bra on your head from some random person who decided to throw it away oh uh, ew no and after that like I started to notice there was a lot more trash in the ocean and I started I like got, I ran my mom was like what's wrong and I'm like I'm, I'm out I'm out done <laughs> this was super fun and we are going to have another episode um of my ties at sunset uh we're going to try to do them every aloha friday we have in hawaii pauhana time which is around five o'clock where everybody gets off of work and they just want to hang out have a drink you know just catch up with their friends just sets your great weekend energy um so we hope to do this every week. Mahalo for joining us. And if you're interested in our next session of Mai Tais at Sunset, 
Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and MyTiesAtSunset.com. Also check us out anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And we hope you'll find us. Until then, ahoy ho!